Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Pop culture. Subculture. Music. Horror. Sex. Politics. Art. And overall bad this is Society 13, Redefining Podcasting. Music. Music. Horror. Horror. Subculture. And overall, overall badass. Bad welcome, welcome, welcome to Kettle, to Kettle Whistle, Whistle Radio, Radio. with your hosts, your hosts Dave, Dave and Sean.
Anyways. Uh, how about, wait, we were, I was listening to Yacht Rock Radio, so it's like, sailing, killing the whales, the way it used to be. Christopher Cross. What? Yacht Rock. Yacht, Yacht Rock, Rock Radio. Huge on Sirius XM I don't even Radio. know what that is. You do know what it is. It's all the great 70s songs that you missed because you weren't alive. Where were you? 78. Oh, I was God's born sake. in 78. Well, hey, wait, good year, Star Wars. But anyway. 77. Oh, yeah. Well, I saw it in 78. <laughs> <laughs> also, <laughs> ew. All right, so welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio, folks, friends, and fiends. We have a great guest tonight. I am so excited. Martin Atkins, the legend, is with us, and we have Sean Felbush to thank for that. However, do you want to tell your droll story right now? So I'm pulling in for the interview, get to get to the studio, and um, as soon as I pull in and park my car, get a phone call from work. And I can already tell just by the setup of the call that they were telling me that it was going to be a long call. And I knew that I was going to miss the interview because the interview uh, was, you know, not to start very long after I got here. And, um, and in fact, I did. I missed the entire interview in Helm's Deep. We are here in Helm's Deep headquarters recording. Sean was underneath us in Helm's Deep where the bands play during our parties and such and the history that is Helm's Deep. And you'll hear during the interview every now and then I do this because I'm pounding. I'm like, now, come up now, come up now. But he couldn't get away from uh, his call. I Martin couldn't. Atkins, I am so sorry. Sean set this up. He loves you. He couldn't come up. He, you just couldn't come up the stairs. Well, this is the way I can be a part of it. So, boom. You know. Yes. And he'll be back. And I know I'll talk to him again. So, yes. Uh, yeah. I, I, he's just a, a lovely individual, incredible musician. Uh, we have. Just rattle off some of the bands that this man has oh, been more than a player in. Well, there's his own band, Pigface. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in Public Image Limited with Johnny Rotten. He was in Killing Joke for for a time with uh, Jazz Coleman and those guys, and uh, he played live with Ministry for a tour. He play he was uh, in the Nine Inch Nails Head Like a Whole video. Boom. Um, and, and he's done many, many, many things. He's produced. Uh, and, and and done the music for many other artists like Ogre from Skinny Puppy. He did the the RX project. Um, you know Meg Lee Chin, who's been on on this show. Yep, Leslie Rankin. Leslie Rankin, who's been on this show. You know, just a number of artists he's worked with. So many. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, well, you're you're gonna get a smidgen of everything. And let's face it, this dude, he worked with Johnny Rotten, and survived. He lived out of a van with him for a bit. They had a flat as well, but they traveled in a van, four guys, and this uh, during the, the PIL days. And just amazing that a guy comes out of that and creates so much more music. Mm-hmm. This guy, I mean, it's like an alluvial plane of just madness and variety. And yet, I told him too, his drums are signature. Like John Bonham before him, who he idolizes. And Alex Van Halen, you have those signature drums we all know when you hear them. When you hear Martin Atkins, you know. It's oh, a, yeah. It's, it's a full sound. And he explains how he got some of that sound, but it's different than all the above. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's very uh, tribal and very... Um... Not tribal in the sense of like tribal music, but yeah, not you know like what soul I mean. fly, not like soul fly yeah, or you know, Sepultura, but he's along the same lines, speed wise and the very pounding. Prim- yeah. Primal is probably a better word. I like for that. It. It's primal very over primal. primal. Yes. Yeah. 
I agree with you. That's a great idea. Primal. Yeah, I would say that's that's a better descriptor. I'm I'm really kind of worried. I'm worried. I'm sad I didn't ask him about Alien Weaponry and what he thought about that band because they opened for Ministry. I was really curious to see what he thought of them as a drummer because that that kid's amazing. Oh yeah, <laughs> that kid's amazing. I really feel bad I didn't bring that up. But hey, we brought up everything else. I pissed him off. He pissed me. No, he never pissed me off. But I said <laughs> some things. Some things were said, and. You can be inflammatory at times, I think. I you, don't you, mean... You, set, you step right on the landmines, right? I do, yeah. We all, yeah, I don't want to go there. But, um, <laughs> he, um, yeah, I just, I'm truthful. You're a pirate. And, and that's coming from Captain Sexy tonight, who set up this interview with Martin Atkins on Kettle Whistle Radio, folks. Yeah, anyway, but seriously, he, like, I get, when I get comfortable with somebody, and he is very easy to get comfortable with... Mm-hmm. I, I say what I think, and he disagreed a few times, you know, and, and then afterwards, you know, he, he was just like, he told me that he enjoyed the interview. That's all I need to know. And um, I just said from one pirate to another, and I texted him, and I was just like, thank you so much for that interview. And he sent me back. And arg, <laughs> Yeah. And I should, that, that's I should I have did that better. Arrgh! Yeah. If you like are the cap- captain of the sexy ship should be better at that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, apparently he's doing a um, block party as we speak in uh, Chicago. He's DJing a block party. I wanted to ask him more about that, but this interview rolls over 54 minutes. And we know how you people don't want to listen to more than an hour and a half. But you, what else is there to listen to? Jesus Christ. Exactly. Martin Atkins, do you know the music that we're going to hear tonight? The cornucopia of madness that we're about to play for you? Yes, you do, because you're a fan. Or maybe not. Or you're going to be a new fan. Exactly. Yeah, I tried to explain that to him that you know this, we're, you're going to get exposure to youngins that the younglings don't really know everything that happened. They know Nine Inch Nails. Some of them heard Ministry. PIL they may have missed. You know they may have. They I may mean, have. Uh, but that's important for like when you're dealing with um, people that we you know we talk to. You're opening up a, an audience in both cases. Anybody that's passionate about music like we are, they're going to dig in, they're going to they're going to go back and they're going to listen to that stuff. They're going to find something they like. They hey, maybe they don't like everything. Hell, I don't I don't like you know everything that everybody puts out. But right. but you know, there's something there for you and um you know, yeah. It's nice to find that uh new gem so to speak. The only question I didn't get to ask him I really wanted to is like how do you start off a block party as a DJ? What is the first song? <laughs> to me, it's what we you guys just heard, the beginning of Breathe by Ministry, that building up two drummers, just coinciding yeah. to find that correct and ultimate, that that drum beat, you know. I mean, yeah. just watch the live video of Breathe and you see what's happening there. There's a reason that fence is up. <laughs> well, I mean, you get to hear exactly what I was talking about earlier, you know, just how primal, you know, Hearing two drummers playing the same drum pattern, you know, live like yeah. they did in that video is like. But it's cool. It's because they play pickup too. Mm-hmm. It's like he starts, and then it's like, doom, 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 and they just. You have to see it live. Go to YouTube, watch Ministry Breathe, and then you'll know what I'm talking about. What we're both talking about. Yeah. But then we go back to we're gonna delve into Pigface, Damage Manual. We talk about Murder Inc. We may play them on a, ne- a later show. You're gonna hear Killing Joke a lot sooner than all of this. And um, we're going to end with possibly uh, Johnny Rotten screaming something, which uh-huh. is always fantastic. <laughs> I don't care. It's awesome. Um, we thank Martin Atkins for doing what he did. He's a gentleman, scholar, and he is a scholar. Uh, lots of books. He's got three books. Um, he's, he, he does lectures and 
countless amounts of records and producing. But to hear the stories that he has to tell, stick around for Mickey Mouse, Speed, and Rock and Roll, and Martin Atkins. Combine that, and that's that's the end game to the show. <laughs> it's so <laughs> funny. It's gold. <laughs> yeah. What do you got in your hands there? Gonna... So I have... Uh... Never asked that of another man, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I have Killing Jokes, Extremities, Dirt, and Various Repressed Emotions uh, CD. We talking money? Live CD. Live CDs, kids. Yeah. All right. I, I don't think he appreciated that. Buy from your artists. Like I, I tried to explain to him that we still buy our music and spend money on support your vinyl. Artists. Yes. It support means something. It. it does mean something. Go to buy your Garage Bands merch. Go to the tent. Get the shirt. Because then you'll get more music. My favorite thing was always to get a CD and to see, you know, the liner notes. Who did they thank? Right. Who who produced it? The artwork. You don't get that from an MP3 or, you know, just, you know. We're talking to that age group right now. And that is why we do this show, because of liner notes in CDs and albums, even cassettes. You go back, I looked at all the names, all the people involved, and you hit them up. And, and that boom. was your way in the day prior to the Internet that you could go and you could find out, okay, well, who's that? Well, I want to go and I want to find out what band they're in or I want to, you know, and I would spend hours in a CD store just looking through everything and I would find those other records that those people were involved with and, uh, yep. you know, and then you have, you know, you go on this musical journey. Oh, it, but, down uh, the rabbit hole. We're going to play a track from Killing Joke called Money Is Not Our God. Yeah, man. And then stick around for the interview and uh, I got news for you. Martin Atkins will be back and... Uh, Maybe Sean will be with us that time. Maybe I'll get the interview. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave you alone next time. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks for listening. Enjoy this episode. This is a classic, folks. Thank you so much. And uh, find Sean at, oh, you're not going to find him. Yeah, I'm not available. On Facebook, Sean Feldbush? Or I am. I don't know. I'm on Facebook. Yeah. Same here, David Fairhead, Facebook. Or get me on Twitter at Fairly Dark.
Folks, folks, friends, and fiends, thank you for listening to Kettle Whistle Radio. Um, I, this guest of mine right now, of ours, I should say, Sean will be joining us shortly. But our guest today, I mean, how do we even begin to explain the history of music and albums and work and writing that you've done? Uh, Martin Atkins is with us here. Sir, how are you doing today? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Hey, I know how you can explain it. Okay. Uh, I started really early and I'm old. There you go. <laughs> Beginning to end. I love it. <laughs> but you're still going strong. Um, now, we tuned in. You're watching soccer right now, I understand. Uh, no, nah, well, yeah, I mean, I'm in kind of a soccer mood with the uh, the cups going on down in um, South America. And here in America, I'm going to see 
Mexico versus the U.S. tomorrow. Yes. Which is going to be crazy. Um, my friends over at Dark Matter Coffee have a box, and they, they do my coffee, so they've invited me over there. So I'm, I'm really in a soccer mood. I'm watching the um, uh, semi-final of the women's, or it's the third-place competition for yes. the women's soccer. I just like to, you know, I grew up in England, so mm -hmm. if there's people kicking a ball around, I just like to have it on TV sometimes, you know? Absolutely. I, I grew up playing soccer myself. Pa played for 12 to 15 years. I love it. Oh. Yeah. I'm a big soccer guy. Um, but let's see here. Are we, You're touring. Are you in the middle of a tour? You're in a break. But Pigface is back, from what I understand. Well, it's the first time for 14 or 15 years wow. that we've done anything with Pigface. We did a show in 2016, mm -hmm. which was supposed to be like, look, let's just do a show for the 25th anniversary, and, and that will be that. Mm -hmm. And everybody in the band, uh, everybody in the, in the venue – you know, nobody wanted that to be the end. So we're like, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, took a little bit of time, put 17 shows together in November. Um, so I guess, yeah, just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. <laughs> uh, there you go. <laughs> a little Al Pacino there. We've had a lot of your brethren and sisters here as well, I should say, on the show. Um, uh, Leslie Rankin being a favorite. Uh, Meg Lee Chin we had on as well, uh, not too long ago, actually. And then early on, Michelle uh, Walters. Um, I don't know if, she, if they're all, any of them working with you? I think Leslie is, right? Uh, Leslie's coming out. I did talk with Meg Lee Chin. Cool. You know, there was a, there was a period there where uh, we didn't get along very well, but... Um, you know, as you get older, I think these <laughs> things get a different perspective. And I did reach out to her. She She's not coming over, but I did reach out to her. That's nice to um, hear. No Michelle this time either, but Leslie is coming out and a few kind of very interesting surprise. Oh, that's so cool. I'm so yeah. excited. I, I'd love working with Leslie. She's, she's mm -hmm. on the Fook album. Mm -hmm. uh, Silverfish opened for yes. us, I think, on the first tour in 91. Wow. So I have a long history with Leslie. Yeah, I, we love the Ruby stuff. And uh, from what I understand, she's also working on something new. Yeah, and, you know, I did some, I did like five dates with her as Ruby late last year, and I really, really enjoyed doing that. A lot of fun. Such great music there. I, I can't wait to, I hope to get her on again. She was lovely. By the way, with the Meg Lee Chin thing, she was lovely also. And she was, <laughs> she talked about it. Like, she would probably love to talk to you guys again, from what I understand. Um, she loved those days. She had nothing but good things to say. Yeah, well, you know, I wanted to, um, I wanted to reach out. I said, you know, she just doesn't want to come to America right now, <laughs> and uh, I'm like, well, just come to Chicago. It'll be cool as hell. But uh, yeah, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. But but I, mm. I wanted to reach out. You know, I mean, I think Pigface is as much um, social community um, mm -hmm. uh, as it is a musical community on stage. You know. And it's more than that. But you never know who's well, going to show up. I, I think that there's been times, you know, for Ogre, for instance. Okay. Um, where for, for, for other members, uh, you know, um, um, uh, there's been so many people through it. Mm -hmm. But um, where it was kind of like a safe haven. Yes. Where it was kind of like... Um, a chance to think in the real lounge of the bus or on stage with us, or, or, you know, just to kind of go, Hey, let me talk to 15 people from 15 different situations on 10 different labels right? and see what, see what I'm doing here to kind of take stock of their musical situation, 
their physical chemical situation mm-hmm. yes whatever and and um it's it yeah it's been like a safe haven yeah i prefer like that sanctuary yeah, yeah. city <laughs> that's it yeah i honestly like the way i looked at that it's how complicated it is to get all those personalities in one place that's the thing like what was the what kind of litigation do you go through there well it's it's um uh i think if if there's one thing that i do um well mm-hmm. it's um it's it's not the drumming or the scenery or any of the crazy stuff it's it's this kind of um you know when you see somebody um some huge performer in in a stadium mm-hmm. and they turn their back to the audience and then fall backwards yes. like like a psychiatric trust exercise well i i feel like i'm halfway through that fall wow. right now and whereas you know when let's say elton john might do it mm. or or somebody um you know their management has got like 50 people in the front like whose job it is to catch him mm. you know like <laughs> if he if he turns around for god's sake you know so it's all, it's all staged um yes but there's none of that with with pig face it's kind of like we're doing this who's around um and, w- and what started to happen uh, this time, mm-hmm. which kind of reminds me of the early days, is that there's there's a, a few people situations have kind of um, uh, put them in my path mm-hmm. where it's where I'm like, oh f yes, <laughs> and uh, I don't know if I, am I allowed to swear? Absolutely, on? you can say whatever you want, sir. Oh, fuck yeah, you know, <laughs> and I, I, I'm reminded that like. I've spent 27 years with Pigface, like not knowing what's next mm-hmm. and being okay with it. And hopefully having most of an audience mm-hmm. it's like, oh, bagpipes. Okay. Oh, cellos and harp. Okay. Or like, I don't know who this person is, but I'll go along with this for a minute. I love I mean, that. We've kind of built this, um, a safety net. Yes. That, that hasn't caused us to play it safe. It's enabled us to take more risks. And I admire that. Uh, yeah, I guess retirement community was the wrong thing to say. Well, yeah, no, I, you really I, set me I, off with I, that. I, I really did, didn't I? Um, I? I really didn't mean it, because honestly, it's like the first time around again every time. And we being on this show uh, right now, Mr. Atkins, I got to tell you, you, you get a new audience as well. People have never heard some of these other artists. You know, We're opening things up to people that just listen to punk rock their whole life. You know, and then they, they get this alternative like, wow, OK, all these artists are on one album. Are you kidding me? And well, I, it's unbelievable. And, and, and so you mentioned punk rock. And I mean, mm-hmm. so, you know, I mean, how does Pigface exist? And an easy answer is it grew out of the ministry tour in 91. I would credit Al Jorgensen for putting us all together. Mm-hmm. The day the tour that tour ended, we all went in the studio with Steve Albini and uh, David Yao, who wasn't on the tour. Uh, NS from KMFDM. Yes. Uh, we flew Trent Reznor out, who nobody had heard of. Nine Inch Nails had sold three or four or 5,000 albums at that right. point. Right, right. Now, but, but you mentioned punk, and, and I mean, I think it was um, being in a band with Johnny Rotten for five years. I was going to bring that up. 
enabled me to just say, oh, fuck this. You know, we never rehearsed. We did American Bandstand. We toured America. We went to Japan and Australia. And there were no rules on stage or in the studio or anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so this kind of stuff, this kind of high wire act isn't actually a high wire act for me. It's just kind of, um, it's, it's just the way things have been falling into place. Yeah. I look at you as the great coordinator, really. That's what you seem to be. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, but then once again, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Oh no. Um, <laughs> coordinator is kind of like, um, here's these 20 assets. <laughs> uh, three people are in Europe. Two people are in Australia using geography and time zone differences and $300,000 of airline miles bring everybody together for Chinese food, bearing in mind that four are vegetarians. Oh my right? that, that's a coordination problem. Yes, it is. <laughs> Big Face isn't coordination. It's, it's, it's faith. Mm-hmm. Okay. You and- know? If that makes sense. It absolutely does. And we have, I'm sitting here looking at my record collection and my CDs here. And I'm like, yes, you you produced all these wonderful records. And honestly, I want to say this. You brought up ministry. One of my favorite videos of my go-to to make me feel good at the end of the day or night or whatever it is. I always put on the, the, the breathe video live and with you playing drums. And I've, recently turned people on to that that have never listened to ministry and i'm talking about people overseas actually ever um somebody in vietnam um and she she was like this is blowing my mind I'm like yeah you gotta delve into this go down the rabbit hole there's so much martin atkins out there you know but like where were you in that headspace when you guys were on that stage back then like well, well so so you know and i'm i'm slow somebody asked me to write a book about <laughs> my career which I was like, yeah, no, I can't do that. I'll do. I'm currently working on my five years in PIL. Mm-hmm. But when when I was on stage with Ministry, mm-hmm. I was still in Killing Joke. Yes, you know. And when I was on stage with Killing Joke, I'd started Pigface, right? So, I mean, and 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 somewhere in that period, we also started Murder Inc. Mm-hmm. So, so um, the creativity level. Um, was just nuts i think we we were mixing um we were mixing the fook album in london and we had a listening party for murder inc in the studio next door i mean i mean it was just um you know I, we went out to we picked up trent mm-hmm. uh, at the airport for something and it's like oh hey um Let's stop off at this bar, uh, which is closed for the day, because Paul Barker's doing the Lead Into Gold video. Mm. So I walk into uh, Faster Than Light video shoot with Trent. So I'm in the video. Bill Reefland's in the video. Mm-hmm. Trent is in the video playing acoustic guitar or something. Wow. And, I mean, it was just, uh, it was a blur. Right. And then we go to Nine Inch Nails, the Head Like a Hole video. That, yeah, well, that was that was just like an afternoon, right? same kind of thing. It's like, oh, hey, we're doing this video. Can we, you know, uh, would you want to be in the video? Um, it's like, yeah, okay, sure, you know. <laughs> That's so wild. So Richie Patrick, I guess you rub shoulders with him. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, we we love him too. I don't know. Do you do you actually talk to him at all, or what's the? I know we we buy all his music. Is uh, I, yeah, I, I I think I do. It's just, <laughs> I mean. Um, 
I'm sure I said hi to him on Facebook a bunch. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Well, now back to uh, to PIL uh, Johnny Rotten. How did that start with you? Did were you like really? How did that begin? Did he call well, you up? No. So um, I started playing drums when I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. Um, started backing strippers and playing in the clubs in the north of England and drinking when I was eleven and twelve. Wow. And so, you know, I used to do my homework in the dressing rooms, drinking beer. Mm-hmm. We played seven nights a week and Sunday afternoons, we backed the strippers. And um, so, you know, at a very early age, I was playing a lot. And the band I was in called The Mind, M-Y-N-D, um, we, were, we were doing really well in the north of England. And I'm like, yeah, what's next at, at the age of like 17? Like, what's next? Wow. Because we've kind of, we're as big as we're going to get here in the north of England. And I went down to London for some auditions because back then you'd open up a, a paper called Melody Maker and everybody would advertise in the back of Melody Maker. And so I set up some auditions and uh, my dad arranged a ride for me on a truck, a moving truck. And uh, I went to London and ran out of money, slept on someone's floor. Um, and then as I was leaving, getting ready to leave on the Wednesday, uh, I saw an ad, a drummer required for a band with rather well-known singer. Interesting. And, um, and I called, and that was Virgin. Hello, Virgin Records. I'm like, oh, Christ, this, <laughs> this is John's new thing. Oh, my God. After the Sex Pistols. And I'm like, hey, you know, uh, you don't know me, but I've been playing for 10 years. I'm really good, and I don't give a shit. You know, <laughs> I was like, I'm exactly what you need. And um, um, they're like, great, come to the auditions on Friday. And I'm like, no, look. I have to, I'm going back up north on Thursday. I don't have any money. Can I have an audition today? And and Virgin Records like, no, <laughs> you know, the auditions are Friday. Come, we, You sound great. Come on down. I'm like, I can't. I've got to, I have to go home. And, um, <laughs> and, you know, every mile of that journey back up north on the Thursday, I'm like, what? I was like within inches of this thing that I knew I was supposed to be involved in, you know, and no sooner did I arrive back in the north of England, I called everybody I was in the band with. I said, look, I'm leaving the band. I'm just going to move to London. Mm. And quite, I don't know what I was thinking, but the band called me back um, uh, a day later and said, we talked about it. We're all going to move too. Wow. So I moved to London and we slept in the van for a few days, shared a flat. Um, and I just kept, of course, I missed my chance with Public Image Limited then. Um, but, I mean, God, that first album was just killer. Yes. So I just I stayed in touch with everybody, and uh, um, I think they went through like six drummers in the first year and a half, and mm-hmm. um, I, I just kept calling the label, calling Jeanette Lee, calling everybody, <clears throat> and eventually they said, yeah, come on down, and, and um, I went to the studio. I thought it was a rehearsal room, but it was the townhouse recording studios and my audition was playing and co-writing one song on the metal box amazing this no this is this is incredible you're taking me back i'm like falling right into this listening to you and trying to picture all this happening um the way i look at you like you just you you never stopped and you you're not going to quit that's why i like i love about you is that you're constantly moving forward so is that to keep your interest going or just pure boredom or you just can't stop (laughs) well i i think it's it's a combination but I mean, I have to say, so, I mean, I think that there are people 
who would have stopped after pill or killing joke. Possibly. You know, and, and said, okay, well, that was pretty fucking good. You know? <laughs> um, uh, but, um, <clears throat> but then it got the ministry thing, uh, ministry pig face murder Inc. Mm-hmm. was very interesting. Damage manual. I have it right in my hands as we speak. I mean, so that's the, like the coming together of me as a producer and engineer mm-hmm. and the artist and the label you know, putting that thing together and, and engineering it. Um, but then, you know, uh, I don't know if you've heard the album that I made in China, uh, uh, China Dub Sound System. My but, partner might have. I think he owns it. Okay. So you, you could call that the logical, craziest extension of the pig face concept. Okay. Where I made that album in Beijing with traditional musicians, people from an orchestra, Tibetan singers, punk kids, I mean, scratch DJs. I mean, that was kind of crazy for me. And then, right then, um, was when my teaching thing just exploded kind of out of nowhere. Not not just my love of teaching and finding that, but the combination of there not being a textbook for the touring class. Mm -hmm. So... um, so, you know, back to my punk rock roots, I'm like, well, it never occurred to me that I sh- couldn't or shouldn't write a textbook <laughs> and that it shouldn't say Fox 160 times, you know. <laughs> so um, um, and I thought that maybe that was a thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. OK, I'm teaching. And then the book took off and I ended up going around the world and still go around the world uh speaking at conferences and you know um i really en- enjoy that thing so that that it's not that i'm bored mm. it's that I, i've been lucky enough to always be challenged amazing and 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 find these things to do and so and the end result of the books and the speaking and the teaching mm-hmm. is i kind of forgot how much i it's i don't love playing the drums I'm just supposed to be playing the drums. Okay. And and there's quite a difference in attitude. I mean, I don't talk drums with anybody. I don't sit around and like tune the drums and experiment like I imagine like Danny Carey does probably 10 hours a day. (laughs) You know, I just, I, I, there's a spark in me Mm -hmm. that happens in front of an audience behind a kit. Um, And so I, I think what all of these diversions have created is that when I do get behind a kit and I was crazy lucky enough to, to sit in with the band flipper like yes. two weeks ago, um, I just love it. And I beat the crap out of them. And, <laughs> and I think, um, I mean, you said you like that ministry, the, the oh tape. That, I think what people yeah, say that I, is, is not technical ability, okay. but just the primal joy of, banging on things i agree absolutely that was one of my questions um was it always drums for you um yeah i mean i i guess um it's always been something but like yeah my dad bought me a kit when i was nine nice and i kind of stuck at it till i overcame till i could do the things that were in my head Right. Because at first it's frustrating because you want to do stuff. Mm-hmm. You want to be John Bonham immediately. And you obviously can't, you know. Right. Uh, 
So when the technical ability coincided with um, the uh, enunciation, the 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 communication of ideas in my head, it became more satisfying. And I think that's been the same with public speaking, writing, teaching, uh, engineering and production. You know, it was frustrating to have engineers and producers dilute ideas mm. that I had in the studio. So it took yeah. quite a while to to get to a point where I could just do what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once I got to that point, I, I think that that stuff became easier too. So it comes from a real visceral place. And that's what I always expected from you. It's awesome. Um, you, uh, I'm looking at damage manual here and um, we're going to, we have a couple of questions from listeners that I'm going to get to, but I want to play a song. Um, let's what, what would you like us to play off damage manual? Um, well, wow. There's some good stuff, but I think because we just we were just talking about mm-hmm. overcoming hurdles, okay, engineering and production. I I would say a Sunset Gun. Perfect. And Perfect. Can, can I tell you why? Absolutely. That's why you're here. Okay. So um, I recorded those drums uh, in my studio in England, <clears throat> and instead it was just one stereo microphone called a binaural sampling microphone, and instead of pointing the microphone at the drums, as you would expect to do, um, I pointed the kit at a brick wall and I pointed the microphone at the brick wall. Oh, cool. So you're literally recording the reflections. So you get, you know, what I would call um, a flavor of, I mentioned John Bonham earlier, Absolutely. like a Zeppelin-esque flavor. And and that's it. I, I engineered it, uh, you, know, mm-hmm. I, you know, weirdly, the worse the system you hear that beat on, the better it sounds. I believe it that. Yeah, amazing coming out of like a a black and white mono television. <laughs> I mean, it just sounds great, and and that's what it was designed to. Because I thought most people would experience the damage manual through crappy speakers on their <laughs> laptop. Uh, it was all laptops back then. Yes, and, uh, and, and so it sounds pretty bad on amazing speakers. But it's mm-hmm. fantastic on shitty speakers, and um, <laughs> so I—it's I, I, just such a triumphant landmark song for me. Well, you're talking to a guy here that I go from vinyl to CD to MP3 within seconds. So yeah, I—I I still collect and I still buy my music. And I, I got to tell you, this is for the kids right now, Mr. Atkins. You hear this, kids? That's an actual CD. Yes, we still have those, and we buy them from the artists so they can make great music for us. Support yep. them. Get out there. Buy the stuff. Anyway, but when you um pick, during the Pigface tour now, are you selling merch? Um, uh, oh, yeah, not now, well, but when you did it. I'm sorry, but upcoming. Is there stuff available for purchase? Oh, oh my God! The, they'll. I mean, um, the the store will be insane. Good. Um, you know, I just talked with um, uh, Greta Brinkman, who's coming out to play bass. She played bass with Moby, mm-hmm. um, and um, she. Um, one of the things that she does, I, you know, I love working with people who are doing multiple things and she's an amazing bass player. Um, but she also makes frames from reclaimed wood. Wow. And, um, so she's, I gave her a piece of the original damage manual backdrop, which has the hammers, uh, all over it. And so she's cutting out (laughs) individual hammers and framing them. So it's kind of like this collision of all of these ideas. It's like, an original damage manual hammer yeah. that screen printed in my garden with my mother-in-law in England <laughs> with a handmade frame by Greta Brinkman in Berlin. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, 
Yeah. Yeah. See, you so see, guys, book, that's book amazing. Book. I'm looking at the album right now as you're speaking. I'm, I see jumper cables as well. I'm, I'm, I'm scared to ask you where they come into play. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> but the hammer thing, I can picture this. That's awesome. This is what you miss, kids, when you don't actually have an album physically in your hands. Um, but let's see. Uh, back to I wanted to ask you about uh, with uh, PIL. We had Leslie on, and she talked about her brother possibly played bass with them for a while. Is that still happening? Uh, yeah, I think he's the. Um... Yeah, he's he's that bass player. Okay, you cleared that up. Uh, I wasn't oh, sure if it was still happening. You never know. I mean, um, yeah, I, I mean, with all the respect in the world, um, I mean, from from seventy seven, mm-hmm. seventy eight, to eighty five, eighty six, which includes my five years, uh, PIL was the one of the most dangerous bands on the planet. I agree. As was Ministry in the early nineties. Yes, you know, absolutely. And um, and, and so. <clears throat> Um, uh, I, I, not taking away anything from anybody. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I feel as though it's it's a great kind of cover band okay. now of 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 what it was. Okay. I mean, we don't we didn't even know what we were doing back then. Um, we were pushing the envelope, um, and and it's it's tough. I I think John has employed a bunch of people, mm-hmm. so. It, there's no longer that band dynamic. Sure. No one's throwing bottles against the dressing room wall and screaming. Um, everybody's just doing a great job at being what they think Pill was. Okay. Well, I can go with that. I understand. Yeah. I, yeah. Of course. Of course. Um, but, well, let's play this damage, man. I, I do love this song. We're, we're going we're gonna to get to that right now, and we're going to get back with a couple of questions, and we got to let this busy man go. He's got stuff to do today. But uh, Martin Atkins, thank you for doing this. We're going to listen to Sunset Gun Damage Manual. This is 2000, I believe, right? Wow, yeah. Yeah, 2000. Um, Yeah, and before we get to this, I just really, it was a weird time for music because metal was on the outs, uh, rock rap was in, and suddenly you put this out and blew me away. Um, Was this just like a side thing? Were you sick of what you heard on the radio or lack thereof? No, it wasn't a side thing at all. I mean, I'd I'd signed um, Mick Harris from Napalm Death. Yeah. Had a side project called Scorn. Which actually became huge. I love uh, Scorn. I own it. Yes. And and uh, you know, so I signed Mick, and and that was not easy. Mm. Uh, you know, Mick is slightly legendary. Mm-hmm. I think for an artist with his sales, his degree of difficulty was huge compared to the rewards to be gained. If if, you, if that makes sense. That's incredible. But I yeah. love the music. But at, at some point, after like four albums. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. I'm listening to Scorn, and I'm like, "What am I doing? Mm-hmm. I'm a because tra- I think at one point he said, "Yeah, um, that song that you love, that's a sample from the, I sampled the bassline from a Metal Box track." Wow. And I'm like, "What am I doing? Why don't I just call Wobble?" There you go. You know, why don't I just fucking work with Wobble instead of, you know, um, I obviously am drawn to this type, this vibe. Right. So I called Wobble, and so we arranged to do this thing. And it turned out like Geordie was in London Mm -hmm. unexpectedly, and it all just kind of came together, you know. Right, and for all you newbies out there, we're talking about Jordy Walker, okay? We're talking, you know, from Killing Joke, guys. Chris Connolly on vocals. We got Martin Atkins on drums, and Wobble was bass player, as he just said. Um, Just an incredible lineup. And uh, let's get to it. Let's let's hear a little Sunset Gun for all you folks out there that have not heard this yet. Get out and listen to more music, for God's sakes. We'll get right back with Martin Atkins, okay? Thank you, folks. 
Okay. Let's play a game. <laughs> okay, we are back with Martin Atkins and what can I say? The library of items we have for you. Murder Inc. Pig Face, Still Going, Killing Joke, Ministry, Nine Inch Nails, just to name a few. P.I.L. And that song you just heard, apparently, he has a little anecdote for us. Well, so this is just kind of, um, it sounds like it's a recording engineer story, but it isn't. It's a, it's a B.U. story. So I recorded that beat as you heard it, mm -hmm. and it took, I don't know, 20 minutes, 15 minutes. And it didn't cost anything. It was in my own studio with the drums reflecting off of a brick wall. And I loved that song so much, the way it then started to come together. Mm -hmm. I made a classic mistake, <laughs> which I'm like, okay, well, because my brain, my business logical brain knew that those drums had come together quickly and didn't cost anything. And I'm like, okay, I need to do this properly. And so I booked a studio in London uh, with a really nice drum kit and two mics on every drum, overheads, overheads at a distance, recorded through a Neve recording console to two-inch tape, the way, you know, Led Zeppelin did it maybe, right? And uh, yeah. uh, triumphantly, $7,000 later, I come back and I, I cut in the real drums to the song and continue mixing it and tracking guitar and doing all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And six months later, I'm like, yeah, here we go. I'm going <coughs> to, I'm going to review these songs and here we go with sunset gun. I press play. I'm like, yeah, yeah, here we go. And this little voice in the back of my head is like, it's not, something's not working. It's mm. not as amazing as your brain is telling you to expect. And so, and it confused me for a while, and I went back uh, and, and I listened to my original crap cheap demo drums, and they were 10 times more amazing than the real $7,000 drums. I love it. And, and it just kind of taught me to, you know, that there are all these traps we can fall into as creative people, mm -hmm. and um, especially when creativity you know, um, juxtaposes with the business brain. Mm -hmm. And I, I, this, you know, sometimes the business brain tells you to like cut back and not do stuff. And at this point, the business brain told me to do it correctly. When, when my audio head was telling me it was fucking amazing <laughs> as it existed. It's kind of just an interesting little story, a kind of a, a, a cautionary tale for artists and engineers and producers. We love those. And from Danzig's drummer to Dave Grohl, they all love the small kit. I have a, I have a, a Gretsch kit from the 60s in my studio downstairs, and it was my dad's, and he played in a doo-wop band. But, man, the sound you well, got out of those things. Yeah, I mean, you think like, oh, here we go, 28-inch bass drum, look out. It's like, yeah, no. You know, like, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. That's funny. Dave Grohl said that because he had to play with Prince on stage and he got behind. He's like, it's this gospel drum kit he didn't know what to do with. And he's just like, just give me my little Tama. And I'm, I'm, just give me bongos. You know, it was so hysterical. But wow. yeah, like you said, you find these noises. And I hear the bottom when I listen to your music because there's this, I don't know, I just how you explain it. Pig face drums are unlike any other drums in the world. I mean, it's like when you hear Van Halen, you know it's Alex Van Halen's drums. 
you know your drums. Martin Atkins is playing, you know? It's your signature. Well, I love it. That's that's kind of that's pretty nice, you know. <laughs> I try. I try. I really do. <laughs> but um we have some uh questions here. Uh this is actually from a a band um that was just in town with Hot Pink Satan, a band called Precious Child. Um, he, it is a one, one guy, he's in LA and he's coming back to Pittsburgh, but he heard that you were going to be on. He wanted me to ask you like, how do you, how does Pigface pick tour bands to tour with? Hint, hint. But how, how do you guys actually pick a band to have open for you? Um, well, so that, that's been different things at different times. Okay. Um, there was one tour, I want to say like 18 years ago where, um, we, we, we've always put these packages together. You know, we toured with Scorn and Dead Voices on Air and Not Breathing and oh, uh, Thrill yeah. Kill Cult, Zero Mancer. And, Fantastic, yes. So, uh, like, a, here's, this, here's this three or four band package. Deal with it, you know. <laughs> uh, I think that was, that was from a label perspective, just trying to help everybody on the label out. Right. Uh, uh, sometimes we've asked promoters, like, hey, look, we want the... We want to be entertained. Um, choose the most happening industrial, broadly industrial artist um, in your city. Mm-hmm. And I actually ended up signing Voodoo sure. through that process of Michelle uh, mm-hmm. Walters. Uh, I sat and watched every opening band at every gig. Uh, it was almost like a um, uh, an A and R journey for me, you know. Um, killing two birds with one stone. Absolutely. But, um, uh, this tour, um, I think uh, Galen Lee is coming out to do some shows, uh, both as a member of Pigface and and opening, and um, uh, I think Ruby are doing some shows as well. Awesome. And so with us only doing seventeen shows, and with us, you know, the set we did in twenty sixteen was three hours long. Wow. Um, so. Holy it's shit. <laughs> so it's going to be difficult like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for us to have much going on before Pigface and Ruby or Pigface Galen and Ruby. Um, so, I mean, I, I honestly don't know. And, and um, I'm not closed to the idea. But, you know, one thing that really gets me going is like, well, if we're going to hit the stage at 10 and play for three hours uh, that means the opening band's got to go on at seven mm-hmm. and then they start stalling and complaining because there's nobody there and it's just like well yeah, fuck off you know exactly that's that's the deal yes. either deal with it and be nice and we'll all meet and and whatever or or be be petulant steal mm-hmm. beers from the dressing room and and don't work with me again there it's you like, go or don't yeah. wait don't waste martin atkins time and have somebody film it and put your damn show on youtube uh where it goes is gonna go anyway you know uh right. think think ahead don't complain and whine i can't stand that either um I, this next question comes from a filmmaker friend of mine johnny daggers of dagger vision films check out noctambulous i think you'll like the movie you know, god i could see you working with this guy he's a composer too but anyway his favorite pig face was gub and he liked that version of suck more than the Nine Inch Nails broken version of Suck. Do you have anything to say about that or any preference? Well, the, the Nine Inch Nails version is a cover version. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like, I mean, like, I, I don't care. It's, what, it's I mean, not it's not my question. I'm sorry. I, I think that, um, um, uh, I, obviously, I like our version mm-hmm. because of, 
how it came to be. I right. mean, I was sitting in the studio with Steve Albini, yeah. who, you know, I mean, there's something. If if Steve Albini says jump to something, like, oh yeah, okay, wow, <laughs> okay, I sawed my guitar in half because Steve Albini told me to, <laughs> you know. But Steve Albini leaned over to me, and said, "Look, why are we flying this kid out from mm-hmm. Cleveland uh, <laughs> to play keyboards?" Interesting. Um, there's loads of keyboard players here in Chicago, and we we don't need to spend the money on the flight. And I'm like, that's my fucking friend Trent. Nice. Oh, you know, he's going to come and sing on this album, and that's the end of that. You know, and um, so I I like our version for those reasons. Okay, I just want to ask that for Johnny. That's not my question. Well, but if he, but if Johnny, whatever Johnny likes, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, that's him. What can I tell you? But let me tell you, I want to ask you: um, Is there a song that you would like to cover in the future that you haven't done so with yet? Something you could have fun with? Oh, I asked that question on Facebook. Oh, really? Because you know, we've done so. We did an ABBA song. I love it. Uh, we've done uh, "No More Tears," Ozzy Osbourne. Love it. Which we then mashed up live with uh, "Beers, Tears, and Queers." So it was "No More Beers, Tears, and Queers." That's so great. Um, uh, <laughs> I love it. That's so I great. Think we we did "Iron Butterflies" in a Garda de Vida. Oh, you and Slayer. <laughs> um, I mean, and then of course, you know. Pigface covers uh, We've Come to Fuck You Over, Murder, Inc. Um, we've done TFWO, Skinny Puppy, you know, I mean, uh, Godlike, KMFDM. Um, yep. So there's always, there's always uh, Codeine, Glue and You, Camlab. I mean, this it's really joyful when you, when you have the singer from a band to do, you know, uh, to, to kill one of their songs it's just great and then the audience love it as well so yes you know that familiar i, I love the twist on an old song i just i, I love it um yeah. I, as it is i have yacht rock playing in my house I, I hear some songs i'm like ooh, i'd like to hear somebody do that one again but anyway that being said uh we should play a pig face song i think but i'd love for you to pick it or at least the album um uh, well you know pitchfork.com just said they chose fook as the number 21 best industrial album of all time, which is of course is absolute bullshit. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's nice that we were even in there at all, you know? Okay. Um, and I, I mean, I think about that album. I mean, there's cello, there's all off time stuff. I mean, um, 10 ground and down with Chris Connolly and Leslie. Yep. Um, whose mums know each other. I mean, it's just like as crazy a world as pig faces and you put two people in the studio whose mums know each other back in <laughs> Edinburgh. Uh, I mean, that that's that's one of my favorite tracks of all time. That's and I think up. my love affair with cello, that goes back to the Flowers of Romance, P.I.L., you know. Well, let's, we're going to play that right now, actually. We're going to get right back, and we'll conclude this with Mr. Martin Atkins. Um, and i got to say this. I'm glad you, you have um, convinced me that I was correct, that you're just an enduring person, that honestly, you um, endearing person, I'm sorry, that um, you, uh, I think that's why everybody likes to work with you. You know, they just, they're, they're not, they, they must come around all the time. Are you get constantly getting tweets and, and texts in the middle of the night, like, hey, let's do this? Um. No, I think everybody uh, assumes busy. I'm really busy, which I am. Okay. And and I, I'm going to once again disagree with you because I think there are people who, you know, I've spent my life doing this. Okay. So, you know, 
playing drums since the age of nine and then working just like the ridiculous luxury at the age of 20 of being in the same studio as Queen and Phil Collins. Amazing. Um, and just fucking around. Like that's how the Flowers of Romance tracks came around, came about. Working with engineers, producers like Nick Launay, who have just worked with everybody from Kate Bush to In Excess and still, yeah, yeah, yes, produced an album last week, you know. So um, um, mm -hmm. when I listen to somebody's music, uh, I can hear immediately what's going on with it, where it could go. And um, sometimes that's a little bit, it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit much for somebody to handle, okay. you know, cause they're like, Hey, we want you to produce cause we want the drums to sound big and we want to put your name with all your band credits on a sticker on the CD or, or, you know, and the Spotify file or whatever. And, and they might not expect they're going to get some arrangement suggestions, lyric suggestions, and and uh, um, um, some some pretty raw opinions that they might not be ready for. Okay. All right. Well, then, uh, what do you think is the attraction? Just the fact that you are open to hear what they have to say when they're well, in the studio with you, or when when it's within something like a pig face, mm -hmm. it's just that that everything's up for grabs and there's no such thing as a bad idea. And people can say, well, here's this, you know, here's, here's, here's this idea. Or could we do this visually, you know, or, right. you know, we found a stoplight. So the stoplight starts, stops and starts the song. Um, you know, we, we bought an inflatable raft <laughs> before lots of people were surfing on top of their audience in inflatable rafts. <laughs> we, you know, we were doing that in the early nineties, just a no hole barred, no holds barred camaraderie. And I think we were talking at the beginning about that exchange of ideas. And like, if you're in a band, it absolutely feels like this club and you, you're like a little gang together where you've all got each other's backs. But if you're in pig face, you're in a bunch, you're in a band with 500 other people who have each other's backs. And that's, that's really kind of dangerous, you know? Interesting, though. It's all the same. And that's what keeps us coming back for more. We're going to hear a little pick face right now, and then we'll come back and conclude this incredibly wonderful interview with Martin Atkins. Thanks for listening, folks, friends, and fiends. And stick with us. We'll be right back.
right, we are back. Kettle Whistle Radio folks, Martin Atkins. And an interesting thing happened on my way to the refrigerator. Um, I ran into my co-host, Sean, who can't be here due to work, unfortunately. He's on a call as we speak. But he did bring up this up, too. Um, not only, you have books out there. You do lectures. And did you speak at South by Southwest? Uh, last, uh... I think the last 12 years in a row okay recently though like what what goes on yeah. when what, what what are you are you giving advice what, what what are those those lectures about well so yeah i mean i'm giving advice like you know welcome to the music business you're fucked <laughs> uh, touring 101 how to make an extra hundred thousand dollars next year in the music business <laughs> just so, which is just kind of like that's like clickbait stuff but it's funny as hell um <laughs> you know um uh Art is a knife. Lick it. But just, I'm always just doing stuff. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, it's it's advice, but but presented in a way that is entertaining, that um, that disrupts the whole lecture presentation model mm-hmm. um, with with different things and entertaining things and. Um, you know, people say you need like 10 slides, so I'll have 140. And some of them <laughs> will just be bang, 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 you know. Um, and hopefully by the end of it, I've, I've showed people a bunch of ideas. I've questioned a bunch of the ideas of, of what traditional success might be because I've been on that journey myself um, and really kind of caused people to think. And even if they're not in a band or they're not an artist, Maybe I've given them some interesting ideas for their startup or just entertain them. With the slides, do people say, come up to you like, what did I just see? Because you go by them so quick and it's like, whoa, what? Um, or... no, well, if, if they'd say that, I'll say, yeah, well, you really should go buy the book. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Well played, sir. I like that. <laughs> and I, I want to quote you now. You said you'd be a mass murderer if you weren't a drummer. Um, yeah. yeah, I understand that. Drummers, yeah. I, the only people I don't fuck with are drummers. And I, my dad was one. Well, I was one briefly. But yeah, you don't fuck with the drummer. Right. And I, I, don't, uh, I don't think you mentioned my own brand of coffee. No, you did. And I tell people where to get it. Uh, well, you can get it from my website, um, martinatkinsbigcartel.com. Uh, the coffee's called Get the Fuck Out of Bed. <laughs> It's made by an amazing company here in town called Dark Matter Coffee. Um, it's it's their number two seller. It's 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 been crazy. It's supposed to be like a two month thing two years ago, uh, and it's just crazy. We were just in Tokyo. We launched the coffee in Tokyo, so that was just crazy for me to get to talk about public image in Tokyo thirty years after we were there, or thirty five years after we were there wow. to do the live in Tokyo album. So and. But that's also I'm I'm doing something with those guys later today. Mm-hmm. They have a block party that benefits Hope for the Day, which is suicide awareness and prevention. Awesome. But here's something I wanted to mention just before before we wrap this up. Oh, absolutely. We are touring in November, and one of the things I'm really proud of is you can um, you could go to Martin Atkins Big Cartel and find VIP tickets for the shows, and that includes. $66 in coupons for merchandise, red vinyl 7-inch with Galen Lee that you can't get anywhere else, uh, two different T-shirts, one from Frank Kozik, whose very first poster was a pig face poster with Silverfish from 1991. Wow. 
so you could do that. But but here's the thing I'm really proud of is that um, there's also something called the pay it forward ticket. Okay. So if you're doing well, you know, 27 years after you got into Pigface, um, you can buy a pay it forward VIP pair of passes. And that enables us to distribute those tickets to Pigface fans who've been around for the last 27 years or 20 years been into the band and who aren't doing too well right now. Mm. And so I really love, uh, I think so far 12 people have bought those pairs of tickets okay. and trusted us to redistribute those to people who have written to us, um, who for one reason or another, uh, this will be really uplifting for them. Um, and so, um, that's becoming a, a little bit of a crusade for me to make people aware of that, mm. either to give those tickets or to receive those, because as you know, as uplifting as this is for all of us to come together and do this, um, imagine being a huge pig face fan and we're playing down the street and you can't afford it, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Um, hopefully we're gonna we're gonna. Uh, make that happen for as many people as we can as well i love it well, with that in mind do you plan on coming to cleveland or pittsburgh anytime soon anything at all any projects uh yeah we'll be in cleveland in november at beachland Ooh, okay that's uh, cool uh, we don't come to pittsburgh even though we've had you know trent played with us in pittsburgh mm -hmm. uh, uh, um, kimmy cat uh, got married on stage with us in pittsburgh the first time we ever married anybody on stage that's great um so I, I love Pittsburgh. There's just there's just nothing there for us this time around. Okay. Uh, maybe next year we'll be through there. I hope so. I hope so. We want to see you again. Absolutely. Um, I like I said, we're gonna wrap this up here shortly. But um, I just want to ask you real quick: Are there any people that you want to work with that you haven't had join into Pink Pigface yet, or you? Just... Uh, well, yeah. I mean, the, here's the thing. If I knew who they were, hmm. I'd just ask them. There you go. You know. I made for, I made friends with Irvin Welsh who who wrote Train Spotting. Um, yes. uh, you know I, I think uh, if he was in town he'd come on stage and swear at people. You know I mean I've been lucky enough to meet uh, a, a lot of people. Um, the thing that excites me though is the random accidental collisions, um, uh, and a couple of those have happened recently and I I can't talk about them because they're not confirmed yet, but a couple of people in very different bands who turn out to be huge Pigface fans who just want to come and do a couple of dates with us. And so they're people who I would never have thought would be Pigface fans. Hmm. Um, and that's kind of really interesting to me. I should know. tell you, I listened to, I have X, Sirius XM, and uh, along the same lines of what you just said, a fan of yours is uh, Nick Carter and uh, Lori Madruski that do um, the show Feedback, and they're on the mornings on Sirius. They mentioned you, and they were like, you remember that band Pigface? And I called in. I was like, what do you mean remember? They're still going, you know? that wow. frust It frustrated the hell out of me. But yes, they are listening. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, it's also like, when you do something for a while, you know, um, it kind of becomes a thing that people are like, oh, yeah. You mm. know, I mean, the first tour we did, nobody trusted or believed there was just going to be random people and we didn't know who it was going to be. You know, okay. and we ended up with Beef from Guar. Right. Did three shows with us. The guys from Thrill Kill Cult were on stage with, and Trent Reznor was on stage with us, you know. 
and uh, back then a bunch of promoters like we demand to see a list of exactly which performer i'm like look I'll give you a list of like eight or nine people I know are going to be there, but there's going to be 14 people and I don't know who they're going to be. And back then nobody trusted us hmm. to like just deliver. And we sold over two and a half thousand tickets for the, for the tour in November before anybody even knew who was in the lineup. And that's just humbling to me. Yes, it is. It's like, Oh my God. And it, and it has this strange effect of like, now I'll be, I've got to work night and day to make sure it's awesome, you know, <laughs> and delight people. Whereas if people just insisted on waiting for the lineup, I'm like, all right, here's the nine people. Screw you. It's just these nine people every day. Right. But because we've been shown this love and trust, it, it puts the, uh, it puts the pressure on us to just be amazing. You've made music. You've kept it interesting for everybody. I, I called it, I always refer to pig faces like vaudeville in the dark. You don't know what you're going to get till the lights come on. You know, it's, and you don't know what you're going to get. And I love that about buying an album and just and going through it. I'm like, oh my gosh, a minor, minor own business. Like, how did they get her to do that? Insect Suspect and you got Edsel Dope on here. But I love it. it for me, it's an all-star cast. Um, I had a rideshare. I work for a rideshare company, a guy from L.A., and I was like, yeah, you should listen to my show. I always sell myself. I'm like, I got Martin Atkins on. You know, He's going to be on next week. And he's like, I've read all his books. You've got to be kidding me. I'm like, no, I'm not kidding you. And I, we, I played some songs. And then um, this is where you should probably tell us where to get your books. Anyway. Uh, you can go to the Martin Atkins Big Cartel. Okay. Um, all that stuff is there. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm M-A-R-T. E-E-E-E-N, four yeah, E's. He's not kidding. He's not kidding. That's how <laughs> I found him. <laughs> that's where the last eight years I've been tweeting, get the fuck out of bed every morning. <laughs> and that's, that, that, my, that became my coffee. I mean, it's just crazy how things happen. I would love to mix this up and play a PIL song, but I guess we can't kind of do that. Um, well, that, you can. If you with, can you, you're okay is all right. All right. You're okay is word, yeah. so... All right, well, maybe we'll go out with PIL, or maybe I'll start with that. I don't know. i got to think about that. I just like changing it up. And with you, Martin Atkins, we can do that. Everything's different, and I, that, you keep music interesting. Don't ever stop, please. Okay. All right? <laughs> I'll cool. take okay. I'll take okay. All right. Hey, uh, just because you're in Pittsburgh. Yes, indeed. A quick shout-out to Jim Simonic and Ides Records. Yes. He's been making a difference for... 30 years now. I love those people. Jim Simonic, I he's been on the show. We play, we're allowed to play a lot of his music, you know, from, uh, I'm looking at it right now, those box collections that go for cancer. Um, yeah. Support cancer research. Uh, he, he almost died, and he came back with a vengeance. Yep. He's a lovely guy. Yeah, Lovely guy. And so is uh, Eric from, um, uh, probably, uh, do you remember, uh, Jesus, oh, there's so many people. We were going to have to do this again. You know that? Sure. <laughs> I would love to do it again with you. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Tell Leslie we like to have her back on these airwaves, too, and we hope to see all of you on stage soon. Absolutely. And um, All right, well, we're going to go out with a song here, folks, and your guess is as good as mine right now, unless you have a choice. Or do you have anything in mind? Uh, four enclosed walls, banging the door, under the house. Wow. Oh, man. One of those off of Flowers of Romance. I would love to do I mean, a medley. <laughs> playing drums to a Mickey Mouse watch ticking on top of a floor tom-tom. I mean, that's industrial. Genius. That's industrial as fuck right there. Wait, now which one, which song was that? Uh, is that Four Enclosed Walls? Yeah, okay, okay. Yes. Bum, 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 yep. bum. 
Yeah. So that was a Mickey Mouse watch? Yeah, the, I bought a Mickey Mouse watch at Disneyland in 1980. With, we went there with PIL uh, after American Bandstand. <gasps> my hat's and off I, to you. I used to fall asleep with that watch under my pillow, uh, trying to come down from speed and just hearing all these rhythms inside of the watch. And I took it to the studio and played drums to it. And there it is, folks. That It doesn't get better than that. It doesn't get better than that. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, once again, I'm at Fairly Dark. Get all our shows, Kettle Whistle Radio, on Facebook, Hipcast, Stitcher, wherever you find your fine po- podcasts and better ones. Um, we are on society-13.com. All our shows are there. Find my books at fairlydarkproductions.com if you like your horror with a side of uh, grossness. And, of course, all the Kettle Whistle Radio shows are there, folks. Um, want to say good-, good night and goodbye to our friend here, and hope- hopefully we'll have him back. Good night. Take care. Thanks for having me. See ya.
Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage, behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electric acid. Electric acid. 